Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and today I'm so excited to be getting to sit down again for the second time in probably about a month or two with author Susie Eller. Susie is the author of 13 books now, Susie? Is it uh, 12. 12? Yeah. Okay, so 12 books now, um, including the book that we're going to be talking about, which is called Prayer Starters, Talking to God in the Hard Places. Um, Susie has been an ECPA bestselling author. And like I said, she's written several books, um, but she just loves coming alongside women to encourage them to live free. And I love this because really one of the biggest ways that we can be free is to communicate with God freely. And I think one of the biggest barriers yeah. to that is just not knowing where to start. So yeah, thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to talk with you for those that were able to join us for our second Praying Christian Women online conference, which was amazing. Um, we got to talk with Susie. Well, Susie shared about her book, Prayer Starters, and gave us some great examples of kind of a practical how-to of how to how to start prayer and her process. And for those of you that were there, this is going to be some new stuff. So don't tune out just because you've already heard us talk. Um, and for those who haven't, if you want to go to prayingchristianwomen.com slash conference 2023, you can still purchase an all access pass to be able to um, to grab um, the sessions that we had during that time, if you want to. I'm not sure when that's going to come down. We're still in the process of working on that. But as of this moment, you'll be able to grab that. So head over there if you would like to see Susie and some other great speakers. Um, but before we get started talking about Susie's book, um, we like to ask all of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is in air quotes. Yeah. Where do you like to go to experience God? You know, it's nothing fancy. I, I like to find a comfy chair in the living room. I usually have AirPods in my ears because I'm highly distractible. And I'll put on some instrumental worship music that kind of calms my heart, soothes my heart, and quiets my thoughts. And uh, there's usually a soft blanket somewhere, but <laughs> it's so comfy. I, I just find a comfy place and I hang out with God. I love that. And what a great reminder. And I think, you know, we talk a lot on Praying Christian Women about praying like you and nobody else, not judging yourself based on comparison and finding out how God designed you and looking inward so that you can pray with more freedom. And what you just said, I've never heard anyone mention this, but it's very important that if you do find one like really good way to combat a distractible mind, which I have one too, mm -hmm. um, 
is to play something in the background. There's even a white noise. I can't remember what mm-hmm. it is, but there's like a certain white noise that the frequency is supposed to be have a calming effect on busy minds. Um, mm-hmm. So just experiment with different ways that you can connect with God and, and don't feel like if you're not experiencing that connection or you're constantly being distracted that you're failing somehow because you're not, yeah. it's an it's ongoing relationship and you can try new things. So that's a great yeah. tip. I love that. Can I, can I elaborate a little bit on that? Yes, I would love it. So just the other day, somebody was asking me, they said, Susie, I am constantly distracted when I want to pray. And she said, like, I totally beat myself up for it. I feel like I'm not doing anything right. And I said, you know, what if God wired you that way? What if that highly distractible mind is also the mind of a dreamer? What if that highly distractible mind is what helps you be insightful and in tune because you're in the moment? And and so for me, I acknowledge this, that in this decade of my life, as in all the other decades, my mind never stops working, Jamie. It just doesn't. And so I acknowledge that. I don't beat myself up over it. And I just say that it's going to be a struggle. Like for me, people are like, oh, if you have complete silence, well, complete silence, that gives my brain permission to go a thousand miles an hour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So complete (laughs) complete silence may work for someone else, but it doesn't work for me. And what I found is that if I acknowledge it, that allows me to address it. And so I, I address it by saying what works for me, the way God created me with this brain, with these thoughts. And so when I put those AirPods in and I go, somebody might use lyrics. I don't. And the reason I don't is lyrics are distracting to me right. when I'm praying. But when I, yeah, when I put those AirPods in and I tune it to just soothing, soft, instrumental worship, God wired me so that that calms my thoughts. And so what I would really love to say to the woman who's been beating herself up because she says, I'm highly distractible. I'm going to first say me too, <laughs> me, me too. Three. <laughs> and, and then I'm going to also say, understand that if God wired you that way, then there are ways that you can come alongside the way that you're created so that you can communicate with God in ways that make sense to you. So thanks for thanks for taking that just a little bit deeper because it is. There are women who beat themselves up because of the brain that God gave them. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that because it's a beautiful brain and it does a lot of good things. So I, thanks for letting me address that. Oh, I'm so glad. And you make such a good point that for every perceived weakness, look for the positive because you may perceive that as a weakness, but there is, there's a superpower in your brain and the way it operates that isn't the same as someone who can sit with complete stillness and focus and, you know, and that's a gift and find out what that is, get curious about it and dig in and and find out what is your superpower. Like you said, creativity, flexibility. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Susie. That was great. Um, well, what was your motivation? So your book is called 
prayer starters. And it's not just when you don't have the words, it's talking to God in the hard places, which is so helpful because it is in those hard places that sometimes we just don't have the energy or the words to even begin. And so what is it that really let you know that this book needed to be written and inspired you to write it? Yeah, I've been doing prayer starters, I don't know, for years and years and years privately, also with other women through ministry, because there's so many um, beautiful faith warriors (laughs) who love the Lord with all their heart, who come alongside and say, Suze, and prayer is hard for me. And um, so this was just one way. You know what I really love in scripture is when the disciples come to Jesus and they say to him, teach me how to pray. Well, you have to understand they have been formally taught how to pray their whole life from the time that they were, they were toddlers. And so it's, they weren't asking for a form or a function. They were asking for connection is what they wanted. And and Jesus did give them a prayer. And and some would like to say that that's the only prayer, but it, it was a point of connection that he was given them. And so I wrote this book as a point of connection. I wrote this book because there are women who are new to their faith and women who have been walking with Jesus their whole life, both of them, all of them who love Christ, who want that connection. And they're saying, tell me how to do this. And I wanted to come alongside and do that. And and this was different from anything that I had ever done. Um, because I usually write, I'm a Bible teacher. So I'm usually writing Christian living books. I love the power of story. I love practical. But what I wanted to do was to not write a book that says, here's the three ways to pray. I wanted to write a book that would help a woman connect with God through prayer. And and I was thankful when my publisher gave me a a, a big yes on that. And there's, there's going to be more to come. But I started where I was at, which was in a hard season. I started with those moments where God and I were walking through a hard season. Have you ever been in a place where it feels like that you're going through one battle after another and they're unasked for and you want to talk to God about all the things that are on your heart in that season? And so That's why this one was talking with God about hard times, because it's right where I was walking and it's where I needed God most. And, you know, there were other women that said, Susie, when it's, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning and I can't clarify for myself how I'm feeling, I don't know then how to turn around and talk to God about that. So we just, we, we created a point of connection that could help you connect with God right where you are, because he longs to hear from you. Yes. And as I looked through the different sections and the different prayers, each one was kind of a yes moment where, yes, I, yes, that's Mm -hmm. a great prayer. I mean, you just do a great job of bringing out these situations, some of them very difficult and some of them you know, just admitting struggles, you know, and I I think many, many of your prayer starters do involve just being honest with God about your struggles in the hard times. And I think Mm -hmm. 
you know, like asking God to help you hear his voice, admitting that you're hurting or tired or overwhelmed or lacking in faith, or when you're impatient or disappointed with God. Um, what are some reasons that you think we resist being completely honest with God or hold back in our prayer lives? Yeah. There's a lot of reasons. Uh, some might be ingrained teaching uh, that teaches us that God is a harsh God, that he only wants to be praised or that he only wants prayer in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's not, it's not who he is. That's not the character of God at all. Um, sometimes we just really struggle to be honest with God because to be honest with God means we have to be honest with ourselves. That's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Mm. And if we're honest with ourselves, then somehow we feel like, you know, that that we're unworthy to even bring this to God. And I, I think that one of the, the characteristics of God that just comes from Genesis through Revelation is the word refuge. And that's a safe place. A refuge is where you go when you need protection. And a refuge is where you go when you need help. And so when I think about God's character is that I am a refuge for Jamie. I am a refuge for Susie. Well, then that completely changes it for me. So there's just like I said there's a lot there's harsh teachings there's our own expectations there's uh a struggle to be honest with God and and with ourselves and it it doesn't stop there but the root of that is that we have a thief who desires to kill steal and destroy and you know how on the other side of that verse because we it doesn't stop there is he says but I, Jesus, came to give life that is abundant and full and rich. Mm-hmm. And so we, we tend to forget that the enemy is, though he is, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He does that very subtly. He does that very slyly. And it's tired old tricks, you know, like to say to you, you are not worthy to talk to God. And what I would say back to this thief with his tired old tricks is you are absolutely right Hmm. that God is. (laughs) God is worthy. And because I'm his child and he's invited me to run to him, then that's exactly where I'm going. Because when I go to you, you want to kill, steal, and destroy. But when I go to God, He comes to give me life. He comes to give me comfort. He comes to stand me on my two feet. He comes to uh, give me insight and direction and hope and his power and his peace. So why would I believe your tired old lies when God wants to give me this? That is good. The word that comes to mind is spiritual jujitsu, because, you know, like in jujitsu, you use the momentum of your opponent to your advantage. And I just think Mm -hmm. so many of Satan's lies have a kernel of truth surrounded by deception so that it's just enough for you to take the bait. But if you can recognize that kernel of truth, you can say, yeah, just like you said, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. 
but, and then you speak the truth of the gospel. Oh, wow. There's yeah. power in that. Yeah, that's like, it, it, that's yeah. Better than just saying no. And then saying the yeah. truth, it's like, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is if, if this lie, whatever it is, if it feels like truth, but it's a lie, it's a lie. If it keeps you from connection with God, if it keeps you from the source of your strength, it's a lie. And we know that it came from the liar. And so that's, that's how I test that when it yes. comes my way. And, and it's like, mm, you're not worthy or Susie, you know, you, you, who are you to think that you can ask God about this thing or pray o- over that dream or pray over that brokenness in one of your children? Who are you to think that somehow you can touch the hem of Jesus garment? And, and I'm just like, I'm his child. And so if you're trying to keep me from God, then you're not from God. So you don't get a voice in my head. You don't get a vote in this conversation. And so it really is, some would say this is taking authority. I'm, I'm saying that it's taking your place as a child of God. Oh, that is, and that is what we struggle with the most, I think, is just, you know, who, who God is and who's we are. Yeah. 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 That is just powerful to get yourself in that right frame of thinking. So, um, well, a lot of your, a lot of your other prayer starters deal with affirming truth. So Mm -hmm. basically speaking the truth, you are my source. You see, I am seen. You make me brave. You're still there. These are all things that I just, I can look back over my life and the hard times that I've gone through and think, yeah, I, there were definitely times when I forgot that God was the source. I thought that there was something in me that would get me through, or I, I didn't realize that God was there. I, I felt abandoned or I felt like, you know, my fear in my own strength was debilitating when God is the one who makes us brave, whose power is made perfect in our weakness. And so my question is, if someone is looking like, I love the ones that you have provided, but I know some people want to make their own prayer starters. They want to kind of use scripture as a springboard. So if someone is looking to create their own affirmations or biblical prayer starter based on the affirmations of scripture. How do you recommend that we do that? Do you recommend reading the Bible, like just rant, not randomly, but like, let's say go through books at a time and just kind of glean it as it comes out. Cause I know in our previous conversation, you talked about how you'll be reading scripture and you'll come to a pause. And that's Mm kind of like the poignant moment that God's like, okay, this is something for you. And you can use that as a prayer starter or seeking out affirmations by topic through a concordance, because it can be dangerous doing it that way when you're taking it out of context. So how could you kind of point us in the right direction to make sure that our, our prayers are being and our affirmations and whatever we take out of God's word is in context? Yeah. Well, so I, I don't know if your listeners know this, but I do a daily prayer podcast called prayer starters. It's different than the book. Um, and one of the things that I do when I am creating these prayer starters is first I invite the Holy Spirit in. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ah, uh, you know, the heart of the father over me, you know? And so I invite you into this because you are a helper. <laughs> so help me as I do this. And 
then as I began to do that, it may be that I go to someplace like uh, biblehub.com. And if the, you know, let's say that I'm in a place where I want to write a prayer starter about comfort. I would put that word comfort in biblehub.com. And then as I begin to study these words out, um, I, again, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will show me. And if I land on a scripture and I begin to study that, I read about it. First thing I do is I read around it. You know, what is this in context of within this mm. paragraph? And, and then what is this in context to the person who it was originally written for? And from there, I begin to ask this question, and how does this apply to my real life today? And, and maybe it is showing you, like I said, I pulled out comfort. Maybe it is showing you the character of God when you're in that place of grief or loss. Maybe it is taking a moment to show you, and this is one I really love, is that when our peace runs low, that we can access his peace, you know? And it might be that you're, you're, you're in that place to where you realize that there's a greater well of peace to draw from than our own limited supply. Um, but to keep it in context, I, like I said, study around it, invite the Holy Spirit in, study that out. At, I, I know like for every prayer starter that I write, they take two to three minutes, but I've spent a lot more time than that doing that because it's really important to me that it's in context. And I did the same in the book, but yeah, just to, just to go a little bit deeper. And that's in relation to the specific question that you asked is how would someone write their own prayer starter, you know? So, because I don't want to intimidate somebody who says, oh, with every prayer that I ever do, this is what I have to do. Right. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's so much grace. I mean, our, our faith walk, our understanding of scripture is yeah. growing and ever, uh, we're, we're always learning. And, and so I think there can be a barrier there for someone that thinks, oh no, I'm afraid to pray this scripture because what if it's out of context? Well, I mean, yeah. the Bible says the Holy spirit intercedes our yeah. teacher, our comforter intercedes for us. He is our counselor. conduit between our yeah. counselor. Yeah. Between us and God, he is God and yeah. he is interceding, which I mean, it might be, I don't know, theological license, but in my opinion, that implies that if we have something that we're saying, if our absolute intent is to be within God's will and we're praying for something that, that he maybe translates that into unleashing God's power in our life, whether that's the exact that. thing we pray, whether that's in a way yeah. that we didn't expect, you know, I, I just really believe that there's yeah. so much security when we're praying in the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I first started writing prayer starters, the book, um, I, it was going to be just straight prayer starters. And then I, I, again, the Holy Spirit, thank goodness, takes you sometimes down a different direction or a different path. But what I ended up doing at the back of the book is I ended up putting a list of different words, protection, provision, care, comfort. Oh, love that. And the yes. reason I did that is that somebody might want to write their own prayer starter. And, and then I also, throughout the book, 
there were these pause points where sometimes with prayer, it's a good thing to just look back, you know, to take a minute and say, God, I just want to look back a little bit and I want to see where I met you because often we pray and we just keep on going. Oh, yeah. And God Full does speed ahead. God does something miraculous and we're not even honestly aware. And so we take a trip back from time to time to say, how did God meet me there? How did God show his character there? What did that teach me there? How did I walk a little bit deeper in my faith because of that connection with God that day? And so that's also a part of relationship and prayer. Oh, that is so good. Cause I can't tell you the number of times that I've, I would say it's every time I reread a journal that I had written before I come across something that I didn't remember praying or that I prayed for. And I've seen like a, a really specific answer to that. I didn't acknowledge yeah. in the journal because you move on, you move on, you put those things in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And some of them obviously like, you know, the salvation of your spouse or something that's going to be present. And when it happens, you're aware yeah. of it, but, but if it's something else and you just, you see it come to pass um, and, and we can miss it. And so I love yeah. those, those reflection yeah. times and they're yeah. so few and far between these days if we don't make a point. So I love that yeah. you included that in your book. That's great. Yeah. You know, about three years ago, I left Proverbs 31 ministries and when you leave someplace and you're mad at them, that's, that's one thing. But when you feel God telling you to leave a place and you love them, yes, that's really hard. And I had left out of obedience and I can look back now at some of those prayers after that season and saying, God, what's next? And I've been doing this for 14 years and Lord, I say yes to you, but I don't know. And I can now I can go back and see exactly what I couldn't see then. And first of all, he was giving me margin in my life, which I was going to need desperately. Uh, and secondly, he was taking me, a season had ended and it's natural to want to hang on <laughs> to something good, but it was time to let go because he had something else for me that I couldn't have done otherwise. And so, yeah, looking back is powerful. It is. And, and it's not easy to be obedient in those times when you can't see what's ahead and you can't see what's preparing, but it's. Yeah, it's built. It builds on your faith, though. When you can look back, it makes it easier to trust the next time when you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you sure that this is what I'm supposed to do or what I'm supposed yeah. to not do? It yeah. I, I, makes it easier the next time you hear from God and feel like he's calling you to something different. Yeah, you know, and, and you may be more faith filled than me. It does not make it easier for me. <laughs> it, it makes it just as hard. And I get to trust him all over again. It does. It does help me know that that saying yes is my absolute best. Yes. But it, you know, I think that's that a good, I just, no, I, that's a good I, distinction. When I say it makes it easier, it's the undercurrent of, okay, I know in my head, it makes it easier in your head to say, I know <laughs> that obedience will lead to X, Y, or Z, you know, that, yeah. that God yeah. will have something and he'll be faithful, but you're right in, in the heart, it does not make it easier. I've had to yeah. leave several things behind that have 
just yeah. no, the, the heart feelings of that yeah. kind of obedience, never, it never gets sure. easier, but the brain yeah. part. Well, me. and I have, I have met people though, Jamie, who are just like, I hear from God and I am out of there and, and they do, they, it is, it is no. part of their faith. It is That's part, not of me. Something that, <laughs> part of something beautiful in them that I admire. Uh, I, every single time that God asked me to do something outside my comfort zone and I mean way outside my comfort zone every single time it's like god I'm afraid you know lord I don't know what's going to be on the other side but it's a it's an it's a both end thing I am afraid and I also trust you yeah I I don't know what it's going to look like but I know that I can follow you and so it, it's there's a wrestling there and, and that's okay too. Well, I think another part of not knowing how to pray sometimes is trusting God and who he is, but not trusting ourselves to hear correctly from him or to really know, okay, I think God is calling me out of this or to this or whatever, but am I hearing right? And yeah, he was yeah. faithful that last time, but you know, cause there've been times when I've had a knowing where it's just been like, oh yeah, yeah, this is it. Mm -hmm. I can tell this is it. But to be quite honest, there was a time recently where I thought I was like, oh yeah, this is, wow. I'm feeling very free to move forward in this thing. That's very big. And I have a knowing all the, everything was coming together and, and we'd been praying about this for a long time. And then it wasn't it, the rug got pulled out from under us. And so I hear wrong from God all the time. <laughs> and yeah. so there is an element of, um, you know, sometimes not knowing how to pray and being like, okay, I want to pray with conviction. I want to pray with certainty. I want to pray with boldness and power. But on the other hand, I don't want to pray the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's also okay just to pray with uncertainty. It's it okay to pray with fear. It's okay to pray. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just say, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue how you're going to do this. Yeah. Um, but I, but I believe I'm hearing from you. And, you know, I think that in some cases, Jamie, we're going to look back one day in eternity and we're going to think something that was a failure actually had an eternal impact that we can't even understand. You oh, know, yes. I, 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 I know that with my whole heart because I, I believe that there are times and it's really crazy because it felt like the Holy Spirit so strong as I said that so somebody needs to hear that but it's just like you know if you sense God asking you if you were truly seeking him and you said yes to it even if it didn't look successful in the eyes of the world God knows what he's doing mm -hmm. and it's not a failure it's not a, a obedience has an eternal impact and so maybe one day you'll see the results of that and maybe the results were in you. I don't know, but you know, we, we tend to think somebody asked me one time, they said, Susie, what about unanswered prayers? And I said, you know, I think most unanswered prayers, if they're prayed the way I talked about, like your heart is sincere and you're tuned in and you just really want to obey God. I, I think they're not unanswered. I think they're unfolding. And, oh, and I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And and that maybe we played a part, maybe we planted a seed and somebody else gets to do the harvesting or we, you know, God was doing something in us that the overarching impact of that 
only he knows. So, um, yeah, it, I, I, I just think, I truly think that we're going to be surprised one day as we stand before the Lord. And he's like, hey, look at this season. And you're going, oh, that was a complete failure. It didn't go any of the way. And he's like, no, no, look at the eternal impact that came out of that obedience. I knew what I was doing, Susie, you know? And so anyway. I think we'll call those penicillin prayers because penicillin wasn't it. <laughs> wasn't it a mistake that turned into like a world changing yes. discovery? Yes. 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 Yeah. There's a lot of those. So yes. <laughs> no, agreed. I, I love thinking forward when I have disappointments or things not going the right way that I just, I love to think forward to what I hope will be a time in eternity when we, all of it just gets revealed, you know, Clarity. all things will be made known and it'll be like, wow. Like just, yeah. I, I just really believe that even the things, even the mistakes, he's such a redeemer. He redeems yeah. every single thing in this world for his glory and his kingdom. And especially the things that come from us as his children, they're, they're set apart for him. And that includes yeah. our weaknesses, our, you know, hardships, our persecutions, yeah. our difficulties. So yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's good hope. Um, well, so as you, I'm just curious, as you researched and, and wrote this book, did you learn anything new or surprising about God or prayer or yourself as you kind of you went know, through this I, process? I still do. I still do. I think that's one of the beautiful things about there's so many different ways to pray. And I love that you did your prayer conference because I know that so many women presented different ways to connect with God. And I love, love, love that. But one of the powerful things about, you know, walking into a scripture and that scripture allowing you to see something new, something different, something deeper, and then allowing you to then respond to that, rest in that and respond in that is it's it's faith changing. So just recently, and um, I was in, I believe it was Mark 25, 40, where it talks about, uh, Jesus was speaking about when you do this to the least of these, you do it unto me. And, you know, we live in a world right now that feels very divisive. And uh, there's a lack of compassion and consideration and kindness. And, and it's really easy to allow that to turn you to cynicism. Um, and, and cynicism has deep roots that are very damaging. And so, you know, and, and, and I'll just say that that is something that I could battle with and I have battled with. So as I was reading that, I began to see the character of God. I began to see the character of my savior who said, listen, when you see the least of these, you really, really see them like I do, Susie. And you give them a cup of cold water in my name. If you're kind, if there's compassion, you're not just touching their life. You're touching me. You're filling me. And, and that, that whole thing, again, it was just such a, a challenge to me in my, in my everyday life. I can't fix the whole world and I'm not called to, but I can be compassionate <laughs> and I can be kind. And I begin to ask the Lord, you know, Father, because see, when we when when God speaks to us, when He shows us something about ourselves, then we have the the opportunity to respond to that. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And I just began to pray and I said, Lord, you know me. My tendency is to go to cynicism because I get discouraged easily by uh, unkind behavior, especially in the church. It just breaks my heart. But Lord, I'm not called to fix that. I'm called to respond to what you've just shown me. Help me to be kind today. Whether that's to a child standing in front of me, whether that is to a stranger, you know, help me to revert to, to kindness and compassion over cynicism. And it's just, I love that. I love that that scripture has the power to allow us to take a deep breath of prayer and then to respond to that, to rest in it, and hopefully to be changed by that in some small way. Yeah. And I think with prayer, sometimes we're so eager to see change in the outside world or, you know, we see, oh, this, I want this to be different. And so I'm going to pray God for you to change this. And I love that focus on response. And I just, I really want to sit on that for a second and just, you know, remember that, yeah, when when you're reading scripture, when you're praying, it's a two-way street and, and there, there's always going to be truth revealed. And when that happens, we do have a choice to make. We can, um, what is the scripture? I hope I don't butcher it, but it's basically, uh, something about a man looking in the mirror and walking away and immediately forgetting what his own face looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you look into God's word or when you sit with God in prayer, we're faced with truth. And if we walk away and just, I mean, there's absolutely a difference between head knowledge and application. The Pharisees knew more scripture than anyone. Yeah. And yeah. they were hardened and yeah. called brood of vipers by Jesus, you know, or, um, yeah. and so I just feel like that is an important part of prayer as well as just remembering yeah. that response is yeah. leave room for that. Cause that's what yeah. it's a message I keep preaching to myself because I'm so eager to move on to the next thing. I was like, okay, yeah, me hey, too. That's so good. <laughs> I'm a doer. I'm a yes. doer. I, I always say I have a, um, uh, I have a merry heart, and I, but I have a Martha brain yes. and that is, so, oh, that I, get, is, I get that. That is so true about me. <laughs> so like for me, it's easy for me to read scripture, yeah. but it's a little harder for me to reflect on scripture. Uh, and I, and I've learned that over the years to just slow it down, reflect on that scripture, especially if you feel that pause, but also then to give you a chance to rest in it. And when you rest in it, you get a chance to respond. And, and so that's, that's just a, a beautiful way to kind of slow down the process. We, we live in a, a checkoff society. Yes. You know, I need to read the Bible in a year. Awesome. If you're structured, if that's the way God wired you and that lights you up, go for it, sister. Um, but it's also okay to slow it way down and think if I end up staying in this particular story or passage for a day or two or longer until I truly reflect, until I truly am able to rest in this and then have the chance to maybe respond, um, that's, there's power in that. 
Yeah. Just not being in such a hurry and not looking at it as a failure, because I think sometimes I even will judge my own time in God's word as, okay, well, I didn't get a whole lot out of that. I must've failed in my quiet time. You know, it's like this judgment of, I failed to take anything out of the quiet time. And it's not always about taking out. It absolutely is not. Sometimes it's just about sitting with God and sitting with his truth and bring being transformed in a way you can't put your finger on. But if you come away from time with God or time with a scripture and you don't, you don't quite feel Like, I know there've been a couple of times when I've been reading God's word and there's something, there's a passage that I'm just like, I I don't quite get this. What does this mean? And and it's okay. I'd love that permission to sit with it and maybe to revisit it the next day. And maybe it's not time for you to leave it yet. Yeah. And to sit with each other. It's absolutely okay. I I love sitting with someone and they're like, oh, you know what? I was reading this and I learned this. And all of a sudden I'm thinking today I learned that that's yeah. awesome because, because a sister, a friend, you know, brought something to light that I hadn't seen before. And I love that too. That's great. Well, uh, can you think of, okay, I'm going to read this quote. Let me, let me get this quote, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to quote you correctly here. So in your book, it says, when our roots of faith are in our relationship with, with him, with God, we will one day look back and see that not only did we survive the hard place, but somehow miracles came out of those face in the carpet moments. And again, Mm -hmm. talking about God as a redeemer, we feel like, you know, we get to these, what you call, and I love face in the carpet moments. And we think, I would never have chosen this for myself ever. This is painful. This is terrible. This is, I'm at the end of myself, but God redeems that because not only did you survive, not only, I just whacked my coffee cup. I'm getting too animated over here. (laughs) Not only did you survive that hard time, but God brought a miracle out of that time. That's so good. And it reminds me of, you know, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. God doesn't just you know, overcome the hardships, he brings miracles out of it that would not otherwise have happened. So I just wonder if you can recount a specific time when you were in the face in the carpet moment that God brought a miracle out of it. I'd have to ask which one. (laughs) There's so many, but what I would say is, you know, there was a time when I, I found that I had breast cancer again, and it was during the pandemic. Uh, my husband was driving me to the surgical center, having to go in alone while he sat outside in a parking lot while I had major surgeries. And those were some real face in the carpet moments. And I remember during that time, this was my second battle with breast cancer. And I remember thinking, you know, everything goes on hold when you get cancer and it because you're 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 healing you're taking care of yourself you're fighting you're in a battle and my face in the carpet moment was god i had all these plans mm-hmm. <laughs> um i had all these plans all these things that you wanted me to do and i know you called me to them and i just sensed the lord in that face in the carpet moment saying susie none of that has gone away and this is the thing my specific plans were on hold, but God's call in my life was still evident. 
that had not changed in any way. And there were moments where I didn't have a microphone in my hand. I wasn't standing on a stage speaking to women. I wasn't writing a book. But there were moments where God and I and another human in that room were able to talk about the goodness of God. You know, I was alone, but I wasn't alone. And I, I just, I realized that the call of God is not what I do. It's who I am. It's whose I am. And so the vehicle for that calling, maybe standing on a stage with a mic, it might be writing a book, but it also might be holding a grandchild when they're having a really tough day. It also might be in one of the hardest places of my life, reaching for God on a surgical table when I'm all alone and finding him there in that moment. And so it, it just was such a beautiful, I don't know, understanding that none of this changes whose I am. None of this changes the calling on my life. It just changes the setting and the way I do it. And so that was, that was one of my um, hardest seasons, but also is where God and I maybe walked the closest. That is such an important distinction. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I know I struggle with it. Um, looking at a calling as a thing uh-huh. and not yeah. a mantle you know, not a, it's not, it's not an activity. It's not an event. It's not a plan. It's not a job. It's not a ministry, but it's, it's a mantle. Like it's a calling. Your calling never changes. You're Mm going to have different assignments within that calling, but that calling doesn't change even when the assignments are put on hold or detoured. And I'm, I don't think they ever are put on hold. I'm sure as you've experienced and many other friends of mine that have been, um, you know, through health related issues and, mm-hmm. you know, like your, your mission field changes. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like he sends you into these different places where, you know, you might be on stage in front of thousands of Christian women or maybe Mm -hmm. not Christian women, but thousands of women, but maybe in that hospital bed or on that surgery table or wherever you happen to be, you might reach someone in a way that person may not hear or experience the hands and feet of Jesus from anyone else so yeah and God might also use others to reach you because you're you're, that's the thing is that you know I had women that ministered to me in that time and they left a powerful impact on me I don't know if I told this story when we talked earlier but there was a season where again in the pandemic I had had the double mastectomy. I was in the process of reconstruction. I had expanders in my chest, which are any woman who's been through breast cancer, that is a very, it's, it's an uncomfortable, hard place. I didn't feel like myself. And I was at home and isolated. Uh, and there were two women that showed up on my doorstep wearing masks, carrying guitars. And they were like, you know, Susie, we go to your church. We don't know you that well because we have a big church, but we just really sense that God wanted us to come 
and be with you. And they, they, they went the proper distance across the room. And I had been telling God, I'm so isolated. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, I feel so alone, Father. Everything we're having to do, we're having to do alone because people can't be around me and I can't go out and I'm healing and I can't lift my hands above my shoulders, oh. you know. And, and I, they sat and they began to just worship. And I laid with my head back on a chair and tears running down my face. And it was so weird, because, not weird, that's not the right word. It was so, as they were about to leave, one said, you know, I, I just felt so awkward. Like, who am I to show up on somebody's doorstep that goes to church with me and say, hey, God sent me. And I said to her, I said, you don't understand. You were totally an answer to prayer. You know, when God put me on your heart, like, he gave me a gift today. And so there's a couple of things that I want to say in that. And it really has to do with prayer. If I didn't look like myself, my body had changed. I couldn't shampoo my hair because I couldn't lift my hands over my head. Um, so I had dry shampoo and, it, and my hair and dry shampoo are not friends. And, <laughs> and you know, no makeup. I was wearing pajamas. I had, I had tubes coming out of my side. I still had my drain plugs in. And so I didn't look like me. And I could have shut the door and said, no, I don't want God's gift right now, you know, because I'm too awkward. I'm too vulnerable. I'm too this. They also on the other side could have said, we're strangers. We don't know you that well. This feels really awkward. But, you know, God is so good when we, when we show up just as we are. When we say yes to God, even when it feels awkward, this is the, what I was talking about early, earlier. There's an eternal impact to our obedience, to being vulnerable, to being awkward, to showing up that is beyond our comprehension. Oh, yes. Uh, that's such a good story because you can look back and see from both sides that the yes was so important because I can see from both sides of that. I can relate to both sides yes. of, I don't want to let someone in because I'm not showing up as what I perceive to be the self that I want to put out there. Or I don't want to let anyone in my home because my home isn't the way I want to show up. Yeah. Or I don't want to impose on someone. Did God really say that? I don't think God really told me that I need to go yeah. encourage that person. That would feel awkward. Um, but just to to, um, I guess, remove those inhibitions mm -hmm. because what's the very worst that can happen? I mean, you show up yeah. to someone's door and say, I, I think, you know, God kind of prompted us to come here. And that person says, yeah, I, I don't think he did. <laughs> Big deal. Yeah. Well, but and what, yeah. what would have been risked was not bringing that huge blessing that you remember years later and probably will yeah. remember your whole life as God's faithfulness oh, yeah. to you. Do you remember how Abram, Abraham would build these little monuments, these little altars that said, this is where I encountered God. Ebenezer's. There's, yeah. Yeah. I built an altar. There was a little altar built that day oh, in that yes. house. You know what exactly. I'm saying? In my, in my heart, in yes. my thoughts, there was a little moment there where I said, I encountered God today mm -hmm. in the midst of this. And our calling 
is daily and her calling is just to say yes over and over again as God leads. And then the results, those are a hundred percent up to him. Amen. That's so good. Well, we are out of time officially. And that was just, that was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, where can our listeners connect with you online, find your books and your podcast? Okay. I would love to invite you to SuzanneEller.com and that's what it be. And then the podcast is, uh, it's prayer starters. I should remember that prayer starters. And then I'm also a co-host with Holly Growth and Jennifer Watson on more than small talk. And you can find the book anywhere where it sells. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, how can we pray for you today, Susie? I shared this with you before we begin. I am in transition. I, my house is totally filled with boxes and we are moving. And so uh, I would just love, we're a little bit in limbo because the moving process is, is uh, awkward. <laughs> it seems to be a theme in my life uh, as we're in limbo before our house is ready. But just, just prayer as we make this transition. Absolutely. Well, Susie, thank you for being here with us and making time to show up for the podcast after you showed up for our conference. I'm just so excited for um, for our listeners to get to connect with you because you're just amazing. So thank you. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time together with Susie. Thank you for technology that allows us to meet up over thousands of miles and time zones and, and literally get to meet with women across the world. It's such a miracle and we thank you for it. We just pray Lord that you would be with Susie today as she gets this process of moving underway and just, um, we pray you would go before them and just, um, any obstacles or barriers between them and getting into their home would be just, um, removed in Jesus name, that you would allow them to get into that home. Um, and in the meantime, um, just through the transition process, we pray your blessing on them. God, I just pray that, that where it feels like an inconvenience, or it feels like a, um, a kind of glitch in the plan that you would make it just feel like a blessing and a joy. And that within this time, within this transition time of between now and getting moved into the new house, that you would just overwhelm Susie and her family with blessings, that you would just overwhelm her with joy, that you would allow her to get the things that she needs to get done, like the appointments that you've put in front of her, the um, the assignments that she has during that time, even though her workspace might look different, her schedule might look different, that you would provide in every single way that you would make your voice known to her, Lord, that she would know when to say no and when to be flexible and when to hold tight and hold fast to something you've told her to do. And that that would be so clear to her, Lord, and that you would just um, help her to meet with you and just see your provision every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.